Hello, everyone, and welcome to Energy Voices. I'm Meredith Adler, the Executive Director of Student Energy, and I'll be your host for today's show. On this episode, we're changing things up a bit. Instead of interviewing the experts, we're turning the mic to our future energy leaders, the delegates from our International Student Energy Summit. We just wrapped up the summit in June in Marina, Mexico, and it was one of the largest and most diverse events of its kind, with 600 attendees from over 85 countries. It was put on by an incredible group of students from the local university at Unan in Mexico City, and we can be more proud of the amazing work that they've done. On this episode, you'll hear from three amazing delegates who attended the summit. You'll hear about their experience and their plans for the future of energy. Then be sure to check out part two, where we'll be talking to more youth about their time at the summit and what impact it left and what they plan to do in the future. First up, we're turning to Natalia Pudillo from Northern Mexico. Hi, Natalia. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Fine, thanks. So we're really excited to have you on the show today and actually have you on this episode because for maybe one of the first times ever, instead of interviewing people on specific energy topics, we're actually turning to our students and our delegates from our international summit to create the story. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about kind of who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, I'm, uh, right now I'm a student at uh, Tecnológico Monterrey, Campus Monterrey in Mexico. I'm studying sustainable development engineering major. I'm still halfway done in my career, so I'm missing about two years. I'm really into the energy topics, uh, especially renewables, because I know there's a direct correlation between energy growth and economic growth. So I know energy is like really an important sector. So that's a little bit about me. Awesome. And I don't actually think I've ever heard of somebody studying sustainable development engineering before. So can you explain a little bit about what that is? Sure. Actually, it's uh, it's new in my university has like about six years. And basically what you're what they're trying to do is just uh, sensibilize the student. I don't know if, if that's the word you can say, like they're trying to uh, make students be more involvement in their in their actions towards sustainability. Uh, there's uh, very different topics the students in this major can can go to. You can either go to renewables or you can go into the into the policy sector where um, environmental issues are concerned. So it's a, it's a broad topic about sustainability. And I really like this career because it gives you a global idea of what the world needs and what the world is doing right now to achieve the sustainable development goals. So it's a really interesting major. That is really interesting. We met at the International Student Energy Summit, but I have to ask, you know, why did you, why were you drawn to student energy into attending the summit, given your background? Um, I'm, since I'm really focusing on energy aspects, I really wanted to meet people who could, um, who could inspire me to do more, who could inspire me to, I, I really want to be an entrepreneur. I want to have ideas to help you know, the, the world in, in energy aspects in, in order to promote the energy, uh, the sustainable energy. Um, so I wanted to be inspired by the speakers, by the conference, by the other delegates. And having the opportunity to have this International Energy Summit in Mexico, it was also like a big deal because it's just, it's in my country. So it was really like very motivational to know that uh, former 
uh, I mean, Mexicans were also involved in this. So I wanted to meet everyone. And I, that's what motivated me to be here. Yeah, and I think that the, um, I mean, I think that's interesting because you actually live quite far away in Mexico from where the conference was held in Merida and from where the organizing committee lived in, in Mexico City. But, um, you know, I would say that of, of all the students who were there and present, um, your, your nationality was representing strong and um, put on an amazing conference, I think, for students from around the world, which was quite quite cool and quite interesting. So, um, so now we know a little bit about why you attended the summit. Um, you know, what were your, and we're going to get into a little bit more about why you're on the show, but what were your initial reactions to the Student Energy Summit? Like, what, what stuck out to you? You know, um, what did you learn from being among so many students from so many different places? Um, I just, you learn everything. Like, you, I was so, so uh, motivated by everyone since day one. I had the amazing chance to be or the opportunity to be with people from all over the world, from Ireland, the UK, Africa, uh, countries in Latin America. So it was really an amazing experience because everyone who you talked to, they had very different profiles, but in the energy sector. So it was really interesting. And the energy you received from everyone since day one, like the trips also Merida is like an amazing place to be at because it's also full of culture and heritage that you can you can actually go to all the visits that we went to the first day. We went to Chichen Itza, which are the the temples. So it was it, it was um, great experience. And awesome. And then like. And then, so we're going to get now towards what you were doing at the summit, but, um, you know, one of the activities at the International Summit is the Innovation Jam, which is often a favorite of many students, but it's really where you get to pitch your ideas of what you want to work with, work on um, among, you know, your fellow delegates and what you want to do with it. But you pitched a pretty interesting idea. Can you tell us about what that was? Sure. Um, So... It was, it's called ENERLAM. It's an acronym for Energia Latinoamericana y el Caribe. And it started like, it's an idea where we, our mission is to create this dialogue between our members and just to have an energy conscious, to have an energy system or an energy contribution system of dialogue where we, where we know what other countries in Latin America are doing for the, benefit or to 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 increase the sustainable development goal number seven to have accessibility for everyone so we're just it's a it's a broad thing to um um, yeah it's a broad thing so yeah and you pitched this idea but um about kind of connecting latin america on on energy and energy issues but why was it important to you to start connecting like latin america specifically on yeah, we we just finished or we were hearing this conference. It was called Energy Scenarios and Paradigms of Latin America. And the speakers were great. And we started making questions. So that was awesome. But what really caught our attention to creating this group was the the involvement there were after the conference had finished. There were 15 of us who went to the speakers personally. And we just started asking questions about different countries. We were from different nationalities. 
And what really impacted me for starters was the change of language, the, la the change from language uh, from English to Spanish. So it was a more, a more fluent conversation because it was, we were talking in our natal language. And that was like, that was like the first thing that really motivated us. Like we're talking about, we're talking about our countries. We share the, the same, that's when we started figuring out that we share the same culture. We share, we share similar history. We, so that's when we started saying like, okay, let's not like just end this. Like we should really make a group to continue this information because we were sharing really big ideas. There's uh, this girl, Joyce from Brazil. She didn't know about Mexican energy reform, which is, is, is helping to um, make, in, uh, making, increasing the technology, the renewable technologies. And she didn't know that. So we, we started making these connections like, that's really interesting what you do in, in, in your country. Like, we, we should do that in here as well. And then we had this great idea, let's make a group. And then we, had, um, we thought, let's just ask the organizers if they could give us like five minutes just to talk about it and see if there's other people who, who would be interested in joining our group. And we when we changed into conferences, when we changed like the when we changed the place where we were and we saw that there was this innovation jam, we were like really excited. We just started looking at each other like this is for us. Like this is what actually what we needed. Like we just need to need to pitch the idea we just created and then let's see the reaction from among other participants. So it was really interesting how uh, the timing was perfect with the innovation jam and with the idea we just had come up with like 15 minutes ago in the other conference room. So we were like really excited about it. Totally. And I would say that, I mean, as the, so as the organizer of the innovation jam, it was really interesting for me because I don't think I've ever, um, you know, there are lots of ideas that are pitched, maybe 25 of them, but I don't think I've ever seen an idea have so much resonance so quickly. I mean, we had to split you guys into into two or three groups to keep working because, you know, half the room wanted to talk about how to connect a certain region. And, and I think, you know, as student energy, it's something that we hadn't always acknowledged is that while we work to connect people globally, there is a huge benefit to connecting people with, you know, similar but different stories. So connecting people from Latin America around what your more localized solutions to energy can look like. So, um, you know, for us, it was, it was a really interesting experience as well as for you all. I mean, it, what did it feel like to kind of pitch your idea that it happened between just a few of you and have so many people jump on board with it? Um, it was really, really motivating, uh, very motivating because we were, we were among the tables in the back. So we were like the 21st place. We, we were supposed to go in order and we were so excited and we actually skipped like a lot of places. We were like the eight to present. So it was really funny that everyone was like, you should have waited, but we were like so excited to give the idea. And since, as you said, like we had this already this momentum going on, even though even before uh, the pre the even before the pitch was made. So when we went up into the stage, like people were already cheering, and that was like really motivational for all for all of us. And then we were like the messiest group. We were the loudest. We we didn't even know how to channel how that much. Uh, momentum and that much energy across all of the delegates that were trying to participate with our idea. And so we just started making a presentation, individual presentations. And it was like really motivational because there were like, uh, there were a lot of people with really good history or really good um, 
energy profiles. So we just started clapping if they said something really motivational and we were like really, really uh, loud and messy. And we just started to get this like really passionate about it. And so we just like, as you said, we, we started to team up. Like there was 10 of the geo, geo, um, geo scientists. They went to another table and then there was um, and so, yeah, it was really, it was really motivational to, to be able to channel all that momentum going on. And it was amazing, all the reaction from everyone. Like, it was not, it was something that was already there. We just had to make it happen. We just had to say something about it to, to really give, um, to really give track to all the energy that was already there like everyone really wanted to connect and the idea was like amazing and we're, we're still having that com uh, compromise and and passion from the members in our group and now we're 359 of us so it's really really amazing so and i think it it's amazing too to have such resonance and you know it sounds like one of the first experiences where you were able to kind of pitch your idea and have people latch on which i know is a really incredibly exciting experience um, and also as you said really motivational but so now that you kind of have launched and pitched have you all talked about what your goals are kind of either for Latin America or for this group like what do you hope that that connecting Latin American students is going to do for the world of energy yes um, well first of all we know it's hard I mean we, we know it's going to be a difficult path because you know the the meetings are really are really hard. For example, we had our first meeting about two weeks ago where there were people from Brazil, uh, Peru, Guatemala, Costa Rica, and Mexico. And there was um, the, the delegate from, from Costa Rica, which is, his name is Kainer. He couldn't attend because of uh, na a, na a national energy problem. So that's when we start seeing that if we start making these connections, we make energy availability also our problem even though it's happening in another nation that is not ours so we started seeing that we had to divide ourselves into uh, we call them gts grupo de trabajo or work groups we have one for communication we have one for uh, digital and we have another one for entrepreneurship um, i'm really each of them are really important because digital for example we want to make a database um, also a database from all of the members to kind of know if you, for example, you want to do a project on solar, know which are the solar experts or who are the people really interested in solar. And um, we also want to make like uh, start making our own um, library of information, of, of knowledge. For example, the, the people who already have their masters, they could share their, their documents or their yeah, their documents. And there's also the one from entrepreneurship, which I personally think it's amazing because that's the one that's really going to further the idea of the energy poverty in the region. So we are starting to see how are we going to manage to reduce the 22 million people in Latin America who don't have access to electricity. So this work group is going to focus on all the ideas that can take place and what needs to be done in order to have to start um, this uh, these um, uh, innovative ideas that will help reduce the, the poverty the electric uh, energy poverty so, in the region 
I don't know that I often hear energy poverty and entrepreneurship linked up like that. So people will talk about energy poverty, but they'll talk about it as a development issue and something that development agencies need to deal with um, or something that governments need to deal with. Why do you all feel like it's actually a problem for the entrepreneurs? Like the conference that were held in the international summit in in Merida were really inspirational and they were saying that how we need to ch to do a change. So that's what really motivated us. Like that is what really helped to say that if we don't do something about it, it's not only about politicians or the United Nations, not something that you aspire to do when you grow up. It's something that you that has to be done like now. So it's a responsibility we all took, like we, we should do something about it and we have to find innovative ideas in order to achieve those goals. Because if there's there if there would have that problem would have been solved if the ideas were already there. So we we took it as our our mission, our, our responsible um, our responsibility to really to make that happen. You all feel responsible to basically solve energy poverty within your region, and you're not necessarily willing to wait for development agencies or governments to deal with it. You feel like entrepreneurship is your route to to solving the problem yourselves. Yes. Yes. That's amazing. That, and I think that that's really cool. And um, I'd say that in the world of student energy, you are, you're part of a long line of entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs who have, in fact, found that, you know, business is the best route to, to take kind of solutions into their own hands uh, and make something happen a bit faster than, than, what, than what they see happening in their, in their reality. So, you know, and I think that that's, actually pretty beautiful and inspiring. So if you're going to think about kind of your vision for Enerlam and what and what you want to get out of it, where do you hope this group is in, in five years or what type of work do you hope to have gotten done? Um, we want to be really well established. We want to start making partnerships um, in, well, in, an insight is that uh, the princess of Burkina Faso, when she heard the... When she heard, heard about Enerlam, she was like really interested and she really wanted to do a partnership. So we're seeing, uh, we're seeing there will be a, a partnership with Africa as well, since we share uh, energy poverty. It's also really big in Africa. And she has this, she has this breakthrough that one of the technologies breakthrough that was uh, mentioned in the United Nations, which is Mammalite. And she wants to do a partnership with us. So that's, we want to start being, we want to start making this Africa, Latin America and the Caribbean relationship. We also want to be involved in, in, well, we want to have also like involvement with the student energy. We want to be able to go as representing Enerlam to future, future international summits, as well as we can give like a workshop or, or, or that. And we're also trying to, the members need to be, we're actually like, um, we want to see ourselves as creating the new leaders in, for the Latin America region. Uh, being, being an Enerlam member would be someone who knows about the energy crisis that's going on, about poverty. We know that it has to be reliable, secure, and clean for everyone. So we need to, to have that, um, we have to have that mentality for the, for the members in order to, to secure that the future energy leaders will have this view as well. 
So that's where we're trying to see ourselves. We are going to be the new leaders the Latin America needs for energy. That's amazing. And I think that student energy, obviously, we would love to partner with you on that as well, because that's our goal, you know, for the world. And so if we can help you do it within Latin America, that's that's even better. You know, that's one chunk of, of what we need, because we do need young energy leaders who are innovative and driven and, you know, have all of the right causes at heart when you're looking into solving these big energy issues. Um, you know, we're just about to wrap up here, but any other kind of thoughts you have or takeaways you have from the impact of the International Student Energy Summit or, you know, the impact of meeting your, your fellow delegates and what it was like to, to connect with other students from from different regions of the world. Yes. Um, yeah, just to wrap it up, I was just amazed by the, I was just amazed by everything. It was just a really, really good experience, one of the best I've had, because I'm really into energy, but here in my city, I, I've, I've hadn't met like a person who was really motivated in, in energy as well as, as, as me, and, and to meet all these different people from all around the world, having the same or similar goals, having you guys make an amazing an event, and having being so motivational, all the speakers and the, and the organization team, everyone was just amazing, and everyone did an excellent job, and I just really wanted to congratulate you guys for your amazing job. Well, thank you. Well, I want to, you know, thank you for coming as well. I think you know, the summit is only as amazing as its participants. And obviously this year we had a great group, but um, it's good that the legacy is continuing um, from kind of all the entrepreneurs that have come before you and, and everyone who, who will come after you working to tackle what I think is the biggest challenge of our time, getting a sustainable and equitable energy system. So thank you so much for joining us, Natalia. We can't wait to see what comes next for Anerlan and for you. Um, and we hope that you stay in touch. Thank you, Meredith. Then I had the chance to catch up with someone from the other end of the world. Churchill Ogutu is a master's student from Kenya who has a deep belief in changing the energy system by getting young people more excited about all the different kinds of ways to get involved with work in the field. Before we get into your experience as a delegate at the International Student Energy Summit, I want you to just quickly introduce yourself and who you are and what you're doing. Okay. I'm Churchill Azuki from Kenya. I'm currently studying my master's in chemical engineering at the University of Pretoria with a focus on solar energy. And what I am about is mainly trying to just rethink the idea of energy for sub-Saharan Africa and developing countries. So um, in addition to finding, you know, a technological solution, one of the biggest things we're struggling with is employment, you know. So how can we use energy to fill this gap? And that, for me, is one of the things that I'm trying to work on and trying to figure out how to get a solution for it. I think that's amazing. So, just quickly, how did you end up at the International Summit? Um, it was quite a long way from where you are um, to get to Maria Mexico. <laughs> um, so, can you tell me a little bit about how you found out about the summit and, and what that journey was like? Uh, for me, okay, so a few, like in 2015, I just, I was going into my final year of engineering and I was trying to figure out, you know, what exactly I want to do. And then I came across this program called the Youth Encounter on Sustainability. It's hosted by MyClimate.org. And after that, that was the one time I got to understand that, you know, sustainability now has a lot of aspects because I used to think it was just, you know, the environment and ecology. But then I came and saw, saw that energy has a very big um, sort of um, influence on sustainability. And so when I came back, 
energy. And then one time I was, I think I was Googling like energy programs or energy talk. And then I came across the Student Energy Summit that had been held in 2013. And then I saw the talks. And for me, after that, in 2015, I had planned to attend the next energy summit. You know, and so by the time, like, by the time this year began, I think I might have been the first person to apply because in January, I literally waited for the application to open and I applied. So that's really how I got involved in student energy. That's fantastic. And, you know, from all of that, you clearly had very high expectations for the summit and worked pretty hard to get there. What was the experience like yeah. when you were on the ground? It was amazing. I think for me, like one of the things is after watching the videos before the summit, I kind of knew I had an idea of what to expect. And so when I came and I'd seen that, because we, I mean we were given like the timetable, so we knew I knew we were going to talk about energy transition. We were going to talk about you know democratization of energy. You know, I sort of had like a pre notion of what to expect. And then I got there, and it was just it was much much more. You know, and maybe it's just because like when you're at the summit, you're around people who are actually sharing in the same passion, you know, to just rethink what energy means or to even better understand it, you know. And I came having a very rough idea of what energy is. I mean, like I knew, like, we have fossil fuels, but then during the summit, we were sitting there with, like, you know, panelists and people who actually have experience in their field, you know, and they're talking about what are the strategies that we need to sort of go through this energy. And for the first time, I started realizing that it's not even just an engineering problem or a technological problem, but policy plays such a big role in, you know, helping and enabling this energy transition. And for me, that that was one of the best things, is sitting there and being around students who share in that passion and then going ahead to actually now talk to people or experts on what some of the ways we can be able to, you know, move on into a better energy future for the world and, you know, for everyone. I think, I mean, that's everything we've ever hoped that someone gets out of the summit. But I think that it's amazing that it not only met your expectations, but but exceeded in them in that in that way. And um, you know, and then one thing that was really interesting, I think, in the summit is we have our innovation jam where where students get to pitch any idea that they want to work on. But you pitched quite an interesting yeah. idea around jobs. Can you tell me about what that was? Um, okay, so basically. The, uh, the basis of my idea was that energy is still a new concept, you know, and a lot of people have this notion that energy is specifically safe for engineers because you look at renewables and all you can think of is solar panels and you can think of, you know, wind turbines. Those, those seem to be the direction, you know, and I was like, one of the things that, and like energy has a lot of things because like from what I'm seeing, it's become a product, you know, and so now, now that we have the, you know, we have these, energy products, we need people to say, market these products. Like, we have to find a way to actually make energy a product. You know? How do we it? How do we have someone to maybe act maybe to have, to provide um, PR services, you know, for energy? And I was like, so there's a lot of spaces that need to be filled in energy, and people just don't know that, you know, there are these spaces. And so my idea was just, how do we find a way to be able to let everyone know that they have a space to fill in energy? So whether you study energy, whether you're studying law, whether you're studying art, whether you like anything that you're studying, because energy has so much, so much to offer, you know, to tell. There's just so many aspects to it, and I was like, we need to find a way to be able to sort of bring people and let people know that they can feel the energy state. And it not only, by doing that, you not only um, 
providing like you know uh, providing information to people and making it possible to be able to reach the energy the global energy goal but then you find the energy is filling like, it's sort of filling that gap in terms of jobs because if you look at energy um if you look at energy now it's still like i said it's still very young and it's still very and there are many job opportunities that can come out of it. And not only like jobs in terms of like getting employment, but entrepreneurship. But energy just has that space. It can be so many things. And I'm like, why don't we first make people know of these possibilities? Then maybe they can come up with, you know, better ideas. And it will not only trigger, you know, um, better solutions, but it will allow people to start also thinking outside the box. You know, how can we rethink energy? How can we rethink carbon dioxide? And yeah, that was really the basis for my idea. So, and I think, I mean, I'm also a big advocate of the idea that, you know, young people should get very involved in energy and that we need this inflection of new ideas. Um, but with yeah. that, why do you, I guess, what do you think it will do for the world if, if more people in more careers and more fields get engaged and kind of understand the opportunities that exist around energy? I think it, okay, if, if you look at, idea of energy, right? If we go back to like just understanding, like looking at why is energy such a big topic now, right? One of the biggest drivers for energy has been climate change, right? And there's still some people who are agreeing with it, some people who are denying it, you know. And so we need to actually find a way to get people to think about what are the implications of, you know, the way they live. Because energy is the basis for our lives, right? You can, whatever it is that you do is driven by energy. And so, if we're able to get everybody to actually realize that, like, one of the things that I always think about is, what is a kilowatt hour? You know, for a long time, I had, like, just, you know, like, a unit of energy, it's like a quantity of energy, you know, like, it, it, it seems like such a small thing, but the value of a kilowatt hour is what makes the difference between, say, that family that is not able to, say, have electricity at night, right? It also makes the difference between that person who is able to have so much energy you know, to be able to live the life that they want. I think that if we can get enough people to think about what energy is and to actually understand the magnitude or the depth of what their, what um, energy can do for their lives or what they can do with energy, then now we start working on, you know, solving some of the other issues, right? It, it sort of falls into the others because as soon as you're conscious about energy, maybe then you can be like, since we need this, the population is going to increase and we need a higher energy capacity. We know, we know that... Um, People still don't have access to water, you know. So how do we then use energy to say desalinate water? Because water desalination is a very energy-intensive process. I think that energy is literally the key to finding ways to sort of um, open doors in all these other sectors of sustainability. It's going to be like the vehicle that will get us to you know living a sustainable lifestyle, living productive lives, helping tackling, helping to tackle some of the sustainable development goals. You know. Um, poverty eradication, um, access to food, and that, yeah, basically that's sort of what I think would be the impact of energy or un- understanding what energy is and what it can be. I think that's an amazing, an amazing definition of what energy can be and, and you know, <laughs> great comprehensive understanding of, of how it impacts everything. So based on pitching this idea and, you know, your clear passion for what energy can do for people, what was the result of working on this with, with you know, students from around the world who were at the summit? 
I think for me, it's, so when, when I pitched the idea, I managed to get virtually a lot of students from not only Africa, but I actually got to meet like a few entrepreneurs as well. You know, and when I looked at the idea at first, it just seemed like, it just seemed more like sort of like a crude sort of solution to understanding, um, to getting people to be involved in energy. But being part of a team allowed me to learn, say, from entrepreneurs that, um, first of all, you need to sort of find a way to package this idea. So it's a very nice idea, you know. But so how do you actually package it in a way that it can actually be fully realized? And then not only that, we go to meet up with people from different fields. And so when I thought of it at first, I was like, I, I just thought of it in terms of energy, right? But then energy is just one part of the solution. We still have, so if you think there's still other aspects of it, like what about food? What about um, water access? What about urbanization? So then that led, me to, led us to sort of thinking about the idea of sustainability. And so we center it around sustainability. But sustainability is such a broad concept. And so after that, then now we're able to, now energy sort of became the basis. And so, so, it, so at this point, it's sort of like looking at starting with energy as like the driver and then using that solution to sort of implement it in um, other sectors. You know, but for me, the greatest thing about the summit was that I had the opportunity to meet people from different parts of the world and to get different views about, you know, what um, they would want or what people want to know with regards to information about sustainability. And I think one of the nicest things that I realized from the innovation champions is that a lot of these problems are actually very similar, you know. You can be in any part of the world, and especially if you're coming from a developing country, sometimes all you need is just a job, you know. And you may go to, and a lot of times you may say, go to university and be told that if I study physics, I have to become a physicist, you know. But it's like, if I study physics, what are the possibilities with regard to physics, you know? It, it, like, it, it will seem like such a simple idea, but sitting around all these people makes you realize that basically the depth and the magnitude of See, this solution can have an impact not only on getting people involved in energy, but getting people to just think outside the box, to think outside what they study, you know. Yeah, and I think I think you hit the nail on the head there, and it's one thing that student energy has seen over and over, is that getting people to think creatively mm-hmm. about how they can be involved in energy actually just unlocks yeah. a large piece of youth innovation of, of, because young mm-hmm. people do have the ability to kind of step outside of their trained mindset because they haven't kind of learned the rules of the game yet. So they don't know that. I think there's a great quote around, you're too young to know um, that what you're doing is yeah. a ridiculous idea, something like that. <laughs> and it's, but it's the beauty of it. It's and, worth thinking about. Yeah. And it's worth, it's definitely worth thinking about. And I think it's so interesting that you kind of have made the connection that, you know, we need, these creative ideas to get into energy, food, water, these core goals for the world. But, you know, motivational driver for everyone is, is jobs and being able to provide for yourself. So if you can pair the two, if you can pair getting people interested in energy with the opportunities for jobs, that's where you can start incentivizing and unlocking these types of ideas. It's fantastic. Yeah, getting people involved. Yeah, so... I guess going back to you and your story, um, you know, are there other things from the summit that you found to be impactful or that you found to shift the way that you were thinking about energy or your path? Yeah, I think for me, the best thing about the Student Energy Summit, and I really hope that even more um, experts may be involved, was meeting professionals in the field, you know. Like, you you sort of, you come, like, I I think I've mentioned this before, you come into the summit, you know, ideas about what you think 
um, energy is like, you know, renewable energy is, if, if it's like, if, like when I came in for the summit, for me, I, I was really wondering, are renewable actually becoming cheaper or is it just a story that people are actually telling, you know? But we got there and one of the first talks we had was on democratization of energy, you know? And we went ahead and looked at things like, we, we actually looked at um, pricing, pricing sort of strategies in different countries and we saw how energy renewable specifically is actually decreasing, you know, that it's not just a fairy tale or a story that's being told by people. And this was actually from experts, you know. And the thing another thing I enjoyed was the innovation. You know, at, at the summit is I really hope that everyone who wants to get in energy gets involved at the summit because this is like when we had the so we had XPRIZE coming in to give us sort of a, an idea of um, innovation and giving us like giving during one of the workshops we we had to come up with an energy map sort of for the future, you know? And there was this sort of pitching in the ideas and I remember like one of the things that we talked about which was um, very interesting in mapping the energy future was um, setting up sort of setting up mandates in terms of like say finding coal plants or setting up mandates that can help us be able to reach a zero carbon uh, system, you know? And when I came before, I mean I didn't I didn't even know that these were things that were actually that actually needed to be implemented this soon. I thought it was something that will have to be done in the future, you know. But through the summit I got to realise that these problems are very near to home. You know, that climate change is extremely real. I mean, we understand that climate change is there, but it's a very real phenomenon, you know. And being there to actually listen to people experts in the field, listening to you know the princess of Burkina listening to the CEO of BP being there with um, the state um, commissioner from California, to be with all people who have actually walked this path and they are all here with us every day from morning to night, you know, and listening to our conversations and addressing our questions, even when sometimes they seem to be giving us that space or giving us that um, availability, like, yes, giving us that space for our voice to be heard was one of the things I really loved about. But not only that, it was meeting new people, you know. When you come, uh, like I came, uh, once I, when I came and I listened to, like, let's say, the NLM, uh, I think it was the Innovation Jam, when the um, Latin American countries sort of came together to form like a new association so that we can, you know, work on rethinking energy in their space. You know, it made me realize, again, that energy is a very, it needs people to sort of come together and it's not an isolated um, solution. So for me, those are the things I loved about the Energy Summit. And I mean, of course, traveling up there on the world. Yeah, I think, I think all those things are great. But having the exposure to, to experts and knowing that you know your crazy ideas aren't actually that crazy. They're they're the ideas of of the innovative thinkers of our time in energy as well is, is pretty incredible. So my final question for you yeah. really is is what's next? What are you working on, and what are you hoping to do? next with all of this inspiration and ideas? I think for me, um, the two biggest things that I'm working on now, especially, are, well, in addition to finishing my master's studies, is first of all, trying to just understand, like with, with the knowledge that I've gotten from the summit and um, other courses that have been involved in energy, is now just start to filter it out and try to understand, you know, what is the best career path that I can take with regard to solving, you know, the energy challenge. Is it best to go through policy? Is it best to go through um, the technological side and to look at the economics? And um, I'm hoping to, first of all, try and see if even I can get this idea off the ground. So how can we um, find a way to actually implement this idea of getting people to be 
more involved in energy, especially in the space that I'm in. Because um, like where I am in South Africa now, there's um, there's a lot of there's a lot of growth in terms of the energy sector. You know, there's a lot of investment in clean energy. But I've seen that in terms of like when you look at universities, very few people actually know about this this energy space. You know, so how do we work on trying to at least spread that knowledge? You know, and above all, it's just working on you know trying to rethink energy, especially for Sub-Saharan Africa, rethink energy for the world. You know, and yeah, that's those are sort of my plans for now. I think those are some amazing plans and we would love to you know, partner with you on all of them and see and see what comes next out of you and in, in, in from Africa and where you're working now. So thank you so much for joining us. Finally, we're turning to Braden Peterson from Vancouver, Canada, who participated in our first ever community contribution program. My name is Braden and I'm in my fifth year now at Simon Fraser University in Vancouver, Canada, and I am studying kind of a lot. I keep expanding onto my degree and trying to get a little bit more of a breadth of knowledge. I'm concentrating in business, but specifically marketing and entrepreneurship and innovation. And then I'm doing a certificate in innovation and entrepreneurship geared towards sustainable development and a minor in political science. So kind of picked up uh, the shiny objects that I keep finding along the way and the things that interest me. What is your interest in in energy? Uh, Why did you... Why did you end up at the International Student Energy Summit? Yeah, so it was really interesting. I found the opportunity online um, just because I've been looking to expand my network, but also expand my knowledge base. And I've been looking towards sustainable development um, as a kind of career path and something that I really wanted to look forward um, at because I'm doing a program at SFU currently called technology entrepreneurship where business students and mechatronic students actually get to create um, a business and run it fully functioning. Um, And so I've had the opportunity to create a business that is working with our local cities and uh, doing collecting data and using it as an analytics platform to help optimize their energy usage within the city's park departments. And that kind of was the first initial structuring for me towards looking at energy and how I can make a direct impact. And so that's kind of how I initially looked for the opportunity towards sustainable development and found the Student Energy Summit and really intrigued me with what it stood for and how it was positioned. And that's really what drew me in was how, what you guys stood for. And What did you find to be interesting about the International Summit? And you know, what do you think you, you took away from the experience? Mm-hmm. The summit was, I, mean, I can not say enough good things about it, just the amount of people that are able to get tied into something because of it's, there's so many people of different backgrounds, but have that have a very similar goal. That's what made it so powerful and what has made it a movement. This like it's, it really is a movement and you get, I mean, at this a conference, you had over 600 student delegates from 65 countries. It just shows you the breadth that there is there. And being bringing in international speakers and people who are leaders within the industry, it gives you a perspective on what is happening currently. And um, I think, you know, there's a few people um, like the executives from large oil corporations. Um, we had, you know, the princess from Burkina Faso. And a lot of those people really gave you a different perspective from what's happening within industry, but also what's happening within government. And the biggest takeaway for me was that 
there's change happening and no matter where you find yourself fitting in, there's an opportunity for you to make that change. Speaking of making change, one thing that you were a part of um, was our community contribution program. Yes. So, um, you know, for the first time ever, actually, we designed this summit and the organizing team was very specific about designing the summit to also give back to the local community. So I don't know if you even necessarily know this, but um, we had uh, a side conference going on where we actually reached 3,000 local students from Yucatan with all of our speakers. So a lot of our speakers were recycled into um, you know, going to different universities and high schools and classrooms all around the province um, to speak to people about energy and get even more people from the local communities engaged in energy, which is pretty cool. But then that all culminated in our community contribution program where about, you know, just about 50, 16 got to go volunteer uh, in in local areas building some Building some low carbon stove. Can you tell us about what that experience was? What were you doing? It was um, just a little aside from that. Is I was had the opportunity to speak to a lot of the organizers, and that in itself was extremely powerful. Just seeing where the vision came from, um, and I had the opportunity to spend a lot of time with uh, delegates from Mexico as well. So it was a different perspective because I actually got to go around Merida and really see what Mexico was and really got to understand kind of the culture behind it. And so that was unique in and of itself to see what their perspectives on what is needed within, you know, Latin American countries and Mexico in itself. But the one thing that I found the most impactful was the uh, CCP or the, the Community Contribution Program because it gave you a tangible understanding of what you can do with um, you know, within a local environment. And so we were able to go into um, this local community and make such an impact with something that we would think of as so simple and just creating these clean burning stoves for them. But it was, it was yeah, it was just such a, a unique opportunity. And I feel that if there's an ability to keep this going forward through every conference and actually making it um, you know, a high priority to be able to impact the local communities where we're going to learn about this. It is, it was for me the most powerful being able to see that direct impact that we actually could have. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's definitely something that will keep going, you know, throughout the conferences, um, wherever they may be in, in whatever format that takes. But mm -hmm. so can you describe to me kind of what is the impact of a clean burning stove? Why is this, you know, why is this even important? Yeah, so going into it, I had really no idea what to expect. You know, I said, we're going to go and build clean burning stoves. And um, in kind of my mentality, I was like, all right, cool. We're going to go bring in a couple containers of you know, modern day stoves. But uh, going into the training of it and working with, um, you know, some amazing uh, volunteers and people who really understood um, the aspect of, uh, implementing new technology, we got to learn about um, how to create a sustainable but lasting impact. And so that was working with, um, you know, technology that was specific to, um, in this case, Mexico. So looking at appropriate technology and seeing if it fits in with their way of cooking. So for us, we were able to build a cement uh, stove that would 
would just simply uh, be healthier for them because we were pumping out the uh, the smoke so that they didn't have smoke inhalation. It was containing all their embers so that they didn't, um, you know, they weren't open and they weren't built, burning down the their little huts that they were cooking in. Um, we had the opportunity to, you know, um, build these so that it would burn about 60% less wood than was currently being burned. And that made an actually substantial impact. I think it was around 500 tons of uh, CO2 emissions a year that we were cutting back simply by giving them a just a little bit better of a solution than what they currently were cooking with. Yeah, and I think that that's so crucially important in terms of thinking about what local solutions look like and how and how they can be impactful and that it doesn't have to be a huge technological leap in order to have yeah. a big impact. Um, we Student Energy once uh, was on a was on a trip in, in India doing an event there. And, um, you know, the people who went always tell the story about how um, someone had invented these clean burning stoves for, mm-hmm. you know, all these people in India, and they thought that it would be great. But the thing was that you couldn't cook roti on these stoves, and roti is, you know, the key thing that yeah. people eat with every single meal. And so eventually they ended up being, like, clotheslines or, you know... <laughs> tabletops, like yeah. Tabletops. Nobody yeah. used them as a stove. And so, um, you know, having... I think having the experience to see what a local solution looks like and then also what a local solution that really fits people's needs looks like. Yeah, um, and I think that was something that was extremely powerful for me was learning that you know we have all these grandier ideas of what innovation looks like and and how we can make you know the next big thing and how we can create you know such a large impact by creating these new high-tech solutions but in real terms you can simply go into a community and make a large impact by just listening to them and by giving them something that is a low tech, but is a high impact solution like these clean burning stoves. Yeah. And I think, um, I think that's crucially important, especially as we think about collaboration as, as a means to innovation, um, which kind of brings me to my next question. So at the summit itself, we had actually students from over 85 different countries, but mm-hmm. during the community contribution program, there were only about 50 of you, but there were 20 different countries represented. Yes. So, what was it like working with pretty much every other person was from a different country? Um, amazing. I, I'm as a person who really enjoys uh, people and getting to just socialize and really just get to know people for kind of who they are. It was a unique opportunity for me to work alongside them, but really get to know them. And I think that was another um, amazing part of the CCP was that you got to become really close with people because you were working really hard. You were, um, you know, you were, you were giving back, you were sharing stories, you were, um, you know, laughing, you were, you were experiencing all the, the hardships of actually like grueling work when we were, you know, working for, you know, eight plus hours a day on, on these projects. But you also got to be able to know where other people are coming from and and what they think of um, the energy impact and what is needed so with you know so many different backgrounds from people from coming from you know more third world countries 
seeing how their mindset is far different than what mine would be coming from, you know, Canada here is that, you know, some of these simple solutions are things that they can take back to their own countries and be able to implement with a high success rate um, because it's something that is so simple yet would be so impactful for their communities. And just really starting to understand that there isn't just one fit mold for how we can change things and you really do have to open up, you have to listen, and you have to be willing to take that time to understand different cultures and different people and, and how people think differently. Yeah, so can you give us an example of, I mean, one specific story or one thing that you learned from another person in the CCP program about what what their life is like or what their energy situation is like in their country? Um, yeah, so um, there was this uh, one girl, I, I forget her name currently, um, uh, but she was from Africa and sh and we were talking about these solutions and it was the first couple days and I was just saying how, you know, how, how simple these solutions were and just trying to really wrap my head around it, like how big of an impact can this actually make? And she just started to uh, share with what a lot of her local communities around her were like, where they they cooked in these open huts where they didn't, um, you know, have a lot of the electricity going to um, a lot of like rural communities around the big cities. And, and she shared that, you know, if she could just get a team together that they could, that there could be such a large impact in her community as well with just creating these stoves that would help people uh, cook more efficiently, save time instead of having to go and try to find the wood or go buy the wood and, and just being able to have it a much cleaner environment so that, you know, because a lot of the people in her community were also having huge health problems as well. And so that was definitely something that made an impact on me because I got to see a firsthand at, at, you know, how much this affects, you know, a wide range of people. Cool. Yeah, and it is interesting to be able to draw parallels from around the world. What, you know, what do you think you can take back from that program to where you live, to Vancouver? It's a very different, huge metropolis. Highly electrified. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I had the opportunity to start a, a nonprofit in January with a friend of mine, Prob. Um, it's called Students for Humanity. And it's an organization where we wanted to raise awareness for different problems. And we wanted to purposefully have it a wide breadth. So we weren't so focused and so narrow on one specific um, you know, problem or, or solution to a problem, we wanted to be able to incorporate different organizations and bring them together and, and create a collaborative space for people to work on different issues such as, you know, um, women's health, uh, AIDS, homelessness, um, and energy, and, and all of these different platforms. And so for me, going down to the conference gave me an, another kind of playbook um, in, my, in my arsenal to be able to really understand where the world is going with technology and being able to connect me with countless um, amazing people who are driven, who are, think very creatively and are, you know, have a very similar mindset to myself and, um, and just being able to know that there are other people out there looking for, 
you know, to create a difference. And so bringing it back here to Vancouver, um, I'm hoping to incorporate a lot, of, a lot of this knowledge gained from the uh, SES conference itself and the CCP program so that I can go out and listen to the community and go and actually talk to people and understand what is needed here in Vancouver. And, you know, it might be uh, quite a high-tech solution compared to, um, you know, in rural Mexico where we were. But knowing that I can actually, you know, make a large impact when you do speak to the people, when you, when you talk to others around you. Um, and, you know, we also do have um, a lot of rural communities not too far away from Vancouver. So there's a distinct possibility that, you know, we may be narrowing ourselves in just on Vancouver general, but we should probably be looking as well as surrounding Vancouver's because we do have uh, highly indigenous populations here as well. And in, in what types of things, and I think that's important too, is that there's, you know, many different communities close to you or within BC, um, but what types of things do you think maybe need to change where you live? You know, obviously wood burning stoves isn't one of your key issues, but um, you know, what are the big energy problems that you see around you? Yeah, the big thing that I see is um, people's understanding. Like, I don't think there is enough knowledge out there on what is happening in the world, um, unless people go look for it. It's not really a large topic that comes up all the time in the news or in, in articles that people read. And I think that that's one big thing is that people need to understand the scope of what is happening, you know, with climate change, with, um, you know, how energy solutions are quite, you know, advancing quite quickly and how they can be implemented into everyday lives, whether that be, you know, smart technology, smart like stoves or whatever, where they can reduce the energy consumption. Um, it's, it's, people need to know that every little change that they do does create a large impact. Yeah, I think that's a great takeaway is that we all have pieces of a pie to, to implement. Mm -hmm. And I think with the cities as well, like, you know, because the, it, it, you know, we talked a lot about like people themselves, but I think uh, we need to push our governments as well to start, you know, implementing those types of solutions. Um, and it was actually cool yesterday at SFU, we had a, um, a large uh, announcement for a um, a certificate that is, is now being available at SFU towards like technology mechatronics and one of the big conversations was uh, smart cities and so it's good to see that that is happening and I think that that's one thing here in Vancouver is that we need to start uh, you know pushing the local municipal governments but also uh, the provincial and federal governments to start um, adopting these clean energy solutions and ways of, of you know creating that sustainability. Yeah, I think that's a good point is that there is a lot to be said for local initiatives, but then also a lot to be said for getting governments on board to mm -hmm. to support and, and, you know, lead the way on, on these yeah. types of solutions. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we look forward to seeing what comes next from you and hope you have a great rest of your summer working away on all of your degrees, businesses and nonprofits. Wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, I look forward to staying connected with you guys and just uh, being able to be a part of this. So Thank you all for tuning in. That's it for Energy Voices this month. We hope to see more from all of you and our future energy leaders. <laughs>